0: Today is May 8th, 2020, Friday of the fourth week of Easter, and you are tuned in to Deacon's Discussing Doctrine. Kind of a crazy week so far. Anything exciting going on? Too many. Too many. (laughs) All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cardone Recording Studio and what we hope is a great show tonight. I'm Deacon Tim. I am Deacon Dallas Kelly. I am Father Lynn Wynn. And like I said in the opening, it's Friday of the fourth week of Easter, but... You may know it better as what I calculated to be the eighth week of this pandemic. <laughs> so, so that's well, on our liturgical
1: calendar now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what color you wear for that? For a pandemic, any color you <laughs> want.
0: I am that back. Why am I hearing that? You can tell. Oh, I got it. We got it. Little glitch there. No worries. <laughs> Tonight's our sixth show. A show that we started, just kind of on a whim. I think Dallas, wouldn't it? Yes. In Dallas's car In and my truck, uh, truck out in the driveway. First episode. And uh, we were thinking it's Friday night. We're all locked down. What what better way to spend Friday night than with some you of go. our friends from church, right? So, uh, you know, we're we're doing what we think the Lord's calling us to do, and so far so good. Uh, we do need your feedback. Even if it's short, thumbs up, likes, comments, potential guests. If you want to be a guest, uh, we know everybody that's in the in the church has a story to tell. And if you'd like to share that story with, with us and your fellow parishioners, uh, by all means, let us know. We've got a list of folks uh, that we think have stories that we know about, and we will approach them over the coming weeks. Um, and it kind of leads us into... Uh, what we've uh, what we've been doing lately. So um, we do need your uh, we do need you to really comment on those things. These are unprecedented times, and they've caused us to disrupt our lives in some ways financial, spiritual, mental, recreational. Hunting season's probably been disrupted. Right, Dallas? Why is the camera only on me? There. There's everybody else. <laughs> I liked it better the other way. I bet you did. Uh, everybody at home probably thought, "Well, man, Deacon Tim's by himself. He is not by himself." Um, and as our lives are disrupted, it, it causes us to do things in a in a different way sometimes. And uh, but our mission at church at St. Francis of John continues, maybe even in a more diligent manner. And uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but Father Lynn, you you mentioned about support that we need. And we've t- told people to contact the offices. Office, Correct. have we got any any feedback on that? Have we had people that have? Yeah, yes,
2: know? we do. Uh, we have a few call in, uh, you know, to inform member of our parish is is in in need financial support and some conversation, so they inform me on that. So for me to follow up with that, yeah. You know.
0: I know the Stephen Ministries mm-hmm. on standby. The Knights of Columbus are on standby, right? Um, more people getting laid off, furloughed, whatever the the choice word of the day well, is. Well, my
2: latest instruction to the Knight Columbus, I asked them to subdivide the list of parishioners and call them uh, and just check in, you know. Right. That would be an opportunity to reach out and see, make sure everybody's doing okay out there. We need to know that.
0: Yeah, so, and that's the same message to everybody listening to tonight. If you know somebody at home that needs help, you know, let, let, one of us know let the office know and uh, we'll get that assistance out there to them uh today we got uh, some pillars of our community that are, we we pre-recorded an interview we're going to get to that a little bit later but that's of uh deacon john and claudia you know they're uh been a member of this community a long time and i think you'll enjoy the conversation that we had with them and like i said they'll be joining us shortly via pre-recorded video chat but uh Let's get started with current events. You know, that's always a topic I like to talk about. I don't know, uh, Father, do you have any current events?
2: Oh, okay, got a few. You know, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> this week I have a chance to uh, Zoom with uh, Ms. Burns uh, St. John's School uh, for her first communion class. Uh, it's amazing. Is uh, quite stressful to all teachers, I can dare say that. You're talking about Zoom? Zoom. and, and with, ima- with the kids, too? With the kids, yeah. yeah. And the kids on their parents' phone and try to have a, a, a clear class conversation. Just imagine that. They all, what, a second <laughs> grade. Uh, so it looked like the, Bra-
0: looked like the Brady Bunch then, right? All pretty these squares. much, all
2: square. And, and they don't know how to react to you. They just stare at their screen. Uh, some of them actually carry the screen, run around the house. And <laughs> I feel for the teachers mm-hmm. and the parents especially, too. So I, I, I can identify for them. It can be tough. Um, but they're doing their best. They, they're doing a great job. Um, the second thing is I just came out of the Pest Council meeting with the bishop, and we look about to roll out the reopening of the mass. Uh, it's weird very strained. Complicated. Very complicated. New, We call it the new normal, I guess. Um, like 25% uh, of church capacity only is allowed. Uh, face masks have to be put on. Uh, you have to send aside your hands, both minister and communicant, before you receive communion. Uh, you don't have to say the word, uh, the body of Christ. The, the priest or the minister to hold up the host, and the person just bow, okay? That's some of the example. So we've been having some practice with the sign of peace then? Yes, and the, 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 that was quite a view conversation, but I, I, I think our practice is the best practice. As there are churches that actually use a sign a sign language sign a sign of peace, okay? Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. Um, so we, I hope to really have convene a meeting, you know, with additional people to make sure we plan for our first mass. And like I say, how we're going to execute that could be very interesting. So hope everybody out there be patient with it. There's a new practice, very strange and very weird. So 25% capacity. What's your guess? 25 capacity of our church. You look at probably about, uh, Ish people. But and the, no touching. No touching. <laughs> six feet apart. Um, just imagine the size of our parish, the buildings, base fo- uh, follow the social distance. 40 is still too many. And I got feeling probably less than 30. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll be out there, I guess, with tape measures and trying to figure figure try all figure that out, out.
2: All that out. Yeah. So, more masses. Definitely gonna be a lot more masses, but they try to find ways. So the size of our parish, the amount of people attend. If we attempt to do Sunday masses with accommodate everyone, we probably have to increase probably about fifteen to twenty masses. <laughs> Uh
0: not not, no, preach. no not problem. preaching. Not
2: preaching. <laughs> not preaching. Not it. So we're gonna have a great conversation how to resolve. I know solution is there, but the main thing I, I think that every one of us had to be very patient. It is what it is, and we have to comply, you know. It's very important to support that. So so say a lot of prayer. Just be patient and we will roll up something definitely tune in our website to make sure we present all the protocol. Because so that's not this weekend, that would be next weekend. That's that next correct? weekend. So I have a chance to watch a parish. Actually, I might require you guys, you and Steve, to help me do a video of uh, procedure. How to act. How to act, yeah. And, you know It could be interesting video. So hopefully we can roll that out. Uh, so hopefully within...
0: Next week, some type of rite of Catholic initiation into pandemic masses.
2: Yes, because we need an acronym for that, right?
0: We're <laughs> cat, we're Catholic. We need an acronym. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so that that is my latest things. You know, b- beside all the crazy things that's happening. So, How about you, Doss?
1: Well, I mean, I we was going to talk about the mass, but uh, I was just online today, and uh, this ain't. I don't know if this would be a a current topic, but it was just interesting. There's a teenager in, uh, I'm just telling you this so you can go on and Google it and look at some of the art, a teenager in Denver that is doing uh, for evangelization is doing a a Marian art on her driveway with uh, chalk. And some of the pictures on there are really beautiful. And it was amazing. One of the stories she was telling, she was surprised the number of people walking by down the street who asked her who that was. And <laughs> that that sounds funny coming, you know, as a Catholic, uh, not knowing what a, a picture of Mary looks like. I mean, that's amazing. But it, but it was a chance for her to evangelize and talk about her faith. So uh, if, you, if you are at a computer, Google that and look at some of her art on their driveway.
0: I've seen a lot of that in our neighborhood as well. A lot of kids getting out and chalking things up a little bit. So... Uh, I know for me, the, the big thing for me this week is, is still just watching people adapt to this new way of life, you know, employees work, you know, Monday work starts to happen again for a lot of people that have been off. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I happen to work in an essential business and everything that we've learned up to this point, we get to throw out the door. We get to learn all kinds of new stuff that we weren't doing before and, uh, I think my daughter was at Walmart today and she heard uh, one of the the cashiers say the same thing. We haven't been, we haven't had to wear a mask. Now we've got to start wearing a mask. It just, it's confusing to a lot of people and it creates a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. Father, you talked about teachers. My obviously my wife's a teacher and she's been doing those zoom meetings. And, you know, I think it really really gets to the point where the teachers and the students are just way out of kilter, right? Mm They're out of their, they're out of their norm. Uh, and it's it's not just teachers, it's not just students, it's like you said, it's parents, but it's it's I would say it's everybody. 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 You know, I think we'd be hard pressed to find people that, that aren't stressed in some way, aren't uh inconvenienced, you know. Uh, I'm just excited that the gyms are gonna open back up because <laughs> I've gained too much weight. That's my current <laughs> that's my current event. I've gained way too much weight. I've uh, seen a lot of memes on uh Facebook about gaining weight and stuff like that, so Hopefully, we're getting back to uh, something, something normal. If there is normal, as you can, yeah, you know, for what's going on. Well, we're gonna we're gonna introduce uh, Dallas is gonna introduce here, not live. He'll, he'll introduce uh, uh, Deacon John and and uh, Claudia. Uh, we'll be back after this this video. Uh, Hopefully there won't be any technical glitches and uh, we'll see what happens. So here is our interview with Deacon John and Claudia Calandrella.
3: Did you ever stop and think why spend too much time just getting ready?
1: Me... And welcome to Deacon's Discussing Doctrine. Today, I get the great honor and privilege to introduce to you two people that I've gotten to know dearly through the years, Deacon John and Claudia Calandrella. I don't think you can Hello. be done in just a couple of minutes. How are y'all doing today?
3: We're doing all
4: right. Thank God, we're doing we're doing fairly well.
1: And welcome to our show. But uh, your introduction, I'm going to try to do in just a couple of minutes, even though it's going to be hard. But John and Claudia have become icons at our parish, and I do mean both of them. With all the John's health issues of late, Claudia is right there with him, driving him everywhere he needs to be to meetings. Many times at our clergy meetings, she will drop him off and wait in the car till our meetings are done. They have been a great service to our parish, getting close to three decades now. While in formation to become a deacon, John and Claudia found out that they were not going to be assigned to their home parish of St. Leo in Versailles, but we would instead be making the trek to St. John and St. Francis in Scott County. And I'm sure when they heard that news they were filled with (laughs) nervousness. Filled with nervousness of joining and becoming part of a new family. Looking back, we all could say that Saint Leo's loss was one of St. John's biggest gains. Some of the ministries they have been associated with through the years are diocesan and community-based ministries, Scott County Ministerial Association, Catholic Student Group at Georgetown College, past teaching assignments at Lexington Catholic and St. John's School, Scott County Migrant Coalition, including teaching English and worship services and making and sharing a meal. Prison ministry, hospital ministry, parish and diocesan-based sacramental prep, including baptism and confirmation, first communion, marriage prep, diaconal formation, and advocates at the tribunal as part of the annulments. And all of this in English and Spanish. And I told you this would take more than a couple of minutes because it goes on and on. Member of the CWSO. CCD teachers, cantor, and members of the past choirs worked with the Legion of Mary, Parish Council, Finance Council, School Board, the Bishop's Annual Appeal, St. Vincent de Paul, assisting the neediest of our community, Welcome Committee, Strategic Planning Committee, Building Committees, and Worship Committees, RCIA. And probably their hardest assignment thus far sitting next to Deacon Tim and myself for five years as they mentored and helped a (laughs) Spanish-speaking individual who we now call Deacon Ramon Alfaro. Oh, and the other hard one was being assigned to our current pastor. (laughs) As a Knight of Columbus, John has been a great example to all my brother knights. Not my brother knights, Deacon Tim's brother knights.
0: (laughs) One day, Dallas.
1: One One day you can join the fraternity. John joined the Knights over 50 years ago and has held most of the offices of the Knights, including being a past Grand Knight, formal district deputy, and serving on the degree teams of numerous Knight committees. John and Claudia, you are a reflection of our community and a witness to our Catholic faith, and we now welcome you to the program. Great.
4: Thank you very, very much. for those kind words.
1: Uh, and, and believe it or not I skipped,
4: skipped a lot of it. it. <laughs> well that's okay. Uh those kind of words and especially uh including uh correctly uh Claudia in all of these activities oh. through the years.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Been there uh Dallas, uh we've been there uh mm-hmm.
3: Twenty-eight
4: years. Twenty-eight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Got there in '92. We sat there in '92. That's a that's Sometimes a
3: Sometimes long... it doesn't seem like anywhere near that long, and then other times it's like we've been here forever.
4: Well, twenty-eight years is in my and our history is is forever with all. It's uh, been a. Uh, a wonderful uh, journey, exciting and uh, and uh, certainly mysterious at times as to uh, what is happening and what's going to happen. Uh, my first 20 years were pretty uneventful medically, except for my quadruple bypass. The last eight years have been uh, surely. God has. Uh, is testing me for all the various things that he could and still keep me on earth and functioning.
3: He's doing pretty good, so we, we, we're we thankful and we just keep on trucking. Thanks a lot to all the prayers that everybody sends our Right, and
4: I, I, I'm a Timex uh, man, just keep on ticking. <laughs>
0: I mean, you all have been oh, here for As long no, as, long, as, long as miracle, you say, I said, you all been in this parish as long as I have, and and as long as Father Lynn's been here, and I think as long as Dallas has been here as well. And since you just
1: gave me that date of ninety two, I think that's right around when I joined, uh, you know, moved to uh, Georgetown and joined St. John's. That's good. Well,
3: we we I remember Father Lynn way back.
2: CWSO.
4: I
3: almost want to say before he was a seminarian. Yeah, in the 19, um, 1980s.
4: and nineteen
2: eighty-nine.
3: Yep, that's about right. So that's a long time back.
0: Def, definitely fixtures. We were you from
4: uh, almost childhood to, to adulthood. <laughs>
0: So, you know, you guys are joining us remotely. You're really our first video remote guest. So we've got you on video so we can see you. You look good, John.
4: Thanks, God. And look, I you. <laughs> <And> I'm his, <hair. laughs>
3: his barber and everything else these days.
0: <laughs> so, so tell us how this... Uh, this pandemic has changed changed life for you. <laughs>
4: well, it's it's um, yeah. uh, for us, for Carter and I, not as much as for others. Um, we we spent our, our, most of our time in, in our ministry when we got out, even before the. Uh, uh, the virus. And since the virus, uh, thanks to Father uh, Lynn's generosity, uh, we've been able to function in some things. Uh, since the virus? Since, uh, since the virus, no. Since the virus, we've been
3: basically at home. John yeah. hasn't been out. He, John has only been out of the house to the hospital and back. And then today was the first time he left the house on you know, on our own, was to a doctor's appointment. Um, so yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that depends on his health as to how much we get to do. And the weather.
4: Yeah. Weather has a great deal to do with uh, what activities I'm allowed to do. Uh, you know, it's a simple thing like uh, if, if it's uh, raining or... Uh, the weather is under forty, or it's above uh, uh, eighty-five, ninety. We have to watch what we're doing, uh, what exertion we put on. And uh, so far, uh, as I said, God has been good, and and uh, we and we know that uh, all the time.
3: And. Yeah. There have been a couple of really good things, I think, about the pandemic. We've heard from quite a few people that we don't normally get phone calls from that we'll see them occasionally at church and what have you, but then they've been making phone calls to us, so we've been, you know, actually having more contact in some ways with some people. So it's it's been, uh, it's had its advantages. It, it's nice.
4: Jim, I want to give uh, one of our parishioners, Uh, a special crew dude because she she, of course is employed by uh, St. Joseph's uh, Hospital but uh, she saw me every day every time I was there for any any length of time and that's Karen Mulholland and she's been a she was a wonderful uh, and, and is a wonderful example of uh, ministry in action with love and compassion, and uh, really an expert. She shows her expertise in in nursing. She's one of the very, very best in that hospital, and well known uh, throughout.
0: Well, you you've had a lot of time in that hospital. So you would know. I mean, your opinion matters greatly. And it's
4: unfortunately, unfortunately, Tim, I'm on the frequent flyer trap. <laughs> yeah, right. so, you know, the only thing they don't do is. Um,
3: well, actually, actually, he was only in the hospital three times last year. And when I make that statement, people kind of look at me, but it's, it's true because the, the previous year was like nine.
4: Nine, nine times. Wow.
3: So and this, I, we've made it all the way to May, then to April before he went. So we'll see how many more months we go without another one.
0: And he was just in just uh, two weeks ago,
3: right?
4: As I say, it's up to God. I, I, um... Yeah, he got out
3: a week and a half ago.
0: And this was a little bit different because, Claudia, you weren't able to go with him.
3: No, it was was totally different. And
4: um, it was strange going through the hospital. You know, they had to take me to x-ray or whatever it was. And uh, uh, they changed me within the the hospital itself. Uh, You went by, there was no one there. You saw no one but the hospital staff and patients. That dead.
3: yeah, it was very different from my point of view, and and uh, I can sympathize. I mean, John, I was able to talk with him and what have you, and he was except for when he was kind of not available that first day. I was able to talk with him versus, you know, like the people who go into the uh, ICU and what have you, or uh, they get put on the ventilators, you can have no, I mean, you know, even if you wanted to, there's no way to have contact with them. And so I was lucky from that point of view that I got to talk to John much as he wanted. He was in control, though, this time, which was, most int- I mean, it was a whole different experience not being there.
1: So being there.
3: yeah, let's let's change, first let's change we the we've been apart from each
1: other. Let's change the mood a little bit. All this depressing pandemic yeah. stuff. Uh, tell us a little about about where y'all from and grew up, and how exactly did y'all meet?
0: Yeah, and if you're gonna answer that, Claudia, okay, put the camera uh, on you, or, or leave the camera on John. Your choice. I, I, was,
4: uh, in, I was in the Mellis um, area at the time. At the... John was born in Massachusetts. Oh, I was in born Remember, I raised, educated uh, in uh, uh, Massachusetts, and uh, uh, you know, kind of was uh, involved in in, uh, in the military during the Vietnam War. Uh, but uh, I met uh, Claudia on a couple of, of separate occasions early in her. Uh, sophomore year in which he doesn't remember <laughs> one of my best friends was uh, dating uh, one of Claudia's best friends and uh, it was uh, introduced in, in part in passing and then uh, when I came back from uh, Korea uh, and I was at uh, St. Mary's University. Myself. Uh, that's when uh, we. Formerly, she was by that time a junior, uh, a junior, and 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 uh, uh, we just uh, we had so many mutual friends that you know, we got me seeing a me, meeting uh, time after time, and uh, uh, finally we were uh, a friend and uh, a. Uh, of mine from, uh, he was an x-ray uh, teacher at, at uh, the medical field school. And from New Bedford uh, was our first uh, formal uh, kind of uh, inter- introduction and in, in dating. Our first date was the yeah. uh, yeah, the wedding. wedding, yeah. And uh, it's just a history from then, it's been, uh, Almost fifty years, Tim.
3: I was. I'm. I'm from San Antonio, Texas, and I was born There, and uh, after we got married, John was doing some work with fossil fuels and stuff, and it brought us here to Kentucky. And uh, we were here. It was probably going to be just for a couple of years. Well, it's been forty. So, I mean, it's, you know, one never knows, I said, never know where the good Lord is going to take you or the skills that he's going to let you use. Growing up in San Antonio, I grew up around Spanish and Spanish speakers, but if you go back 50 years in history, learning that second language was not the thing. You learned, you know, you spoke English all the time. You didn't really speak the second language. And um, when... My, my formal education, I, I studied that I four years of Latin, three years of French before I ever took a Spanish class. But anyway, when I got up here, I considered my Spanish basically non-existent, you know, just a little bit here and there and yonder. But it was better than pretty much anybody else's going around, you know, around church that we were dealing with. And so when we started dealing with all the Spanish speakers, it was like, okay, Claudia,
4: you know. You mentioned the migrant workers, and that's what uh, got us
0: started. With
3: that's that. really
4: got got us started. We did that for ten years, over ten years.
0: In San Antonio. But anyway, but that's the.
4: Or here. No, in, in, the
3: migrant work was all here.
4: In Lexington.
3: In here, in Georgetown.
4: Yes. But I'm not in the Lexington Diocese. So, Claudia, so John is, uh, did you all both
0: learn Spanish from an early John age? John's from a
3: small family. Uh, sort of. When you grow up around it, even if it's not the primary language in the household, you learn a lot of things. You know. From San Antonio, it's kind of part of the culture. All right? and oh, so. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't study Spanish until like two thousand ninety 99, 2000 was when I went. I took a couple of classes down at Mock. Father Lynn went there, too, the Mexican-American Cultural Center, which is now a university down in San Antonio. And uh, I went down and I took the classes in the summer for about, what is it, three or four
4: weeks? Mm-hmm. And it's
3: all day long. It's quite intensive. Yeah. The disadvantage is that it's pastoral Spanish. And I didn't realize exactly what that meant till one time one of our parishioners had a fire, and I gathered up all kinds of kitchen stuff and took them to her. And I I was talking to her, and I was laughing to myself because I can teach the sacraments, all about the sacraments, but I couldn't tell her, you know, what the things were from the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you know, your language is how you use it, you know?
4: My Spanish, uh, uh, Tim, uh, came through uh, school and then was, uh, I I used it in the military. In fact, they put put me in charge of uh, Puerto Rican uh, groups of uh, of soldiers. Puerto Rican groups of soldiers were, excuse me, were segregated. And uh, the uh, black soldiers mixed with the native uh, Puerto Rican soldiers.
3: He's drinking. (laughs) John comes by his languages kind of naturally, though he speaks he speaks several of them. I mean, he grew up with the. In fact, he he'll tell you he learned his first prayers in Italian.
4: My first, my, it wasn't until I went to school uh, that I did my prayers in English. Wow! And uh, now, of course, I've forgotten even that because over the period of time. But uh, that, she's true. That was that was brought about, Jim, by necessity. uh, this was at the very beginning of World War II. Uh, my mother and father worked. Dad worked in a uh, defense uh, position, and my mother was in a factory there in, in her hometown in Mansfield, uh, Mass. Uh, and uh, I stayed with uh, uh, my grandparents, uh, my mother's uh, mother and father, and aunts and uncles, and uh, uh, a lot of the language was in English, obviously. My grandmother was very insistent with her own children. She spoke uh, English uh, in the main, but uh, with me, uh, I went the Italian route and uh, learned learned that language, uh, as I said, uh, and, and and even say and of course when we, uh, moved, when we moved to Attleboro, Mass, uh, that's when uh, the French influence came in, and the Portuguese influence came in, because that was the two major uh, uh, languages that were spoken uh, in the neighborhood and in the area. And of course, then I, I took French in high school and in college. Uh, as well as uh, you know, continuing to speak, and then uh, my my business interest, uh, in, especially within Mali and, and uh, yeah in uh, Africa, uh, that really uh, I had to do that daily. I had to speak French, so I was kind of for forced to be. But uh, otherwise, I. Uh, I used to read the New Testament in French, uh, even here, just to keep up with the uh, the language, and nobody, uh, the only Italian that was being spoken, were by some people that were associated with UK medical. And-
0: uh, Or the mafia.
4: Um, no. I said, or the mafia. No, no. <laughs>
0: No, no, no! So was that?
3: the mafia.
0: The no, mafia.
4: We won't go into. That. You're supposed to say. Yeah, we're not going to go into that. You're supposed to
0: say that in your best That's Godfather another voice. Program.
4: <laughs> That's so other programs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you speak or have spoken four languages, or five?
4: Yeah, basically yes. I re- read. Uh, Spoke or wrote
0: in, in in the four languages English, yeah. Spanish, French, and Italian. Italian. Yeah. I'm Portuguese. You Some read Portuguese? Oh, yeah, I read Portuguese
3: with no problem. So, when we want to start okay. the, the the French mass back up that Father uh, uh, Derek started, you could come and help us out. On so, the Père de Fille de Saint Esprit,
0: and Sister. That's
3: the sign of the cross.
0: We oui. right.
4: know that. Oui, oui. <laughs> <laughs> May we we talked with Father Lynn's father, uh, uh quite a bit. Uh, of course he experienced it uh, his dad experienced the French, uh because of the French occupation and uh uh the uh, N kind of thing in uh
2: and the years when that, when, when. You speak French, don't you, Father? No, I gave up already. Years ago. <laughs> no, he gave
1: up. He gave it up. The, yeah, the yeah. more languages you know, the more you have to do. <laughs> exactly.
0: Don't you remember that advice you that, gave me?
4: I, I told him. Yeah, you I gave me that me advice. That.
0: Go ahead. Tell, tell me what you gave me, the advice you gave me.
3: What advice you gave him about the languages?
4: Ooh. Tim. Uh Tim. I told him that uh, if he learned Spanish, uh he would he would be handed a lot of the stuff that I was doing.
0: <laughs> I think you're being politically correct. I think it went something like if you learn Spanish, you're screwed. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it, it's,
3: I don't think so, but that's uh that's the right idea. I still I still have <laughs> no, a goal to learn Spanish. I know my mother my mu mo- now my mother was actually born in Mexico City. My grandfather was working for the railroad when she was born and he was down the- that's where he was. And uh but he's family's from Texas and anyway, uh so mom Mom grew up bilingual and uh yeah. she uh she often wondered how you know, she used to ask me, she says, Now where exactly are you speaking Spanish up there in Kentucky? And I told her, A church <laughs> You know, and so it was, uh, you never know why the good Lord puts you in places.
4: Yeah, she even asked me after Claudia had completed her training uh, for two years, and she said, gee, John, what, what is she going to do with it? <laughs> and uh, I had to sit down, kind of explain it. uh the explosion of, of uh, the Hispanic uh, culture and the uh, Hispanic uh, population, uh, but particularly oh. on the horse farms and on the agricultural the farms. The yeah. Uh, that, uh, this now, i tell you something that
3: is strange to me. When I was in high school, I used to teach, you know, CCD on Saturday mornings out at uh, the Mission one of the missions there in San Antonio. And uh, anyway, we, we used to go out on Saturday mornings, and we worked with migrants, kids of migrants who traveled north to work in the farms and what have you, and then would come home in the wintertime to the San Antonio area. And I thought, my world has gone complete circle because when i came up here and started working with the migrants up here i'm wor- working on the summer end of it and so you know w- when we started we was mostly with the migrants working the, the tobacco farms and what have you and yes. um you know and some of them would bring their families up to travel with them but the groups that when i was growing up when i was in high school the kid the families most of them would go north to work the first crop had to do with the uh, the cherries and, and beets. I don't know when the beets came in, but I remember those were two of the crops that the kids would talk about. You know, having been they'd go to Michigan to work in the
4: Michigan, kind of crop. Michigan, they would get the beets and cherries.
3: Circles sometimes, and you never would have expected it.
4: <laughs> uh, we wouldn't expect uh, if somebody told. Uh, let's see, even Father Lynn. Uh, uh, that uh, you know, we would have a population of uh, uh, in, in Kentucky uh, fifty thousand.
0: Oh, we lost them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it might have been. Is it about time? To we the people up? in
4: Georgetown. Oh, oh, back. Got them back.
1: We got them back.
0: We lost you there for a second. You're back.
2: You
0: lost us. Yeah, but you bounced back, so it's all good. Oh, I, th- I think it's actually looks like a better connection too. Yeah, it
2: sounds better too, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Okay. Actually, it's in. St- I didn't. Do not doing anything,
3: just holding the in phone. I'm stereo.
0: <laughs> stereo now. Yeah, you're in stereo now. So do ah, you?
3: Ah, okay.
0: So do you all have a message for the parishioners that you? Uh, obviously, you said your 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 message to uh, to Karen. Do you have a message to other parishioners?
4: My message to them is, uh, first of all, uh, we thank each and every one of them uh, who has prayed for us, uh, that has supported us over the years. Uh, you know, we had 254 parishioners when we came there in 1992. And of course, uh who would have guessed it, Father Lee never would have thought uh, that the, who was the original, uh, pastor, our original, uh, our, our original pastor. Yes. And, uh, well, well, he was the original pastor after the uh, redemptionist fathers were there. But, uh, yeah, you know, between their prayers and their support, uh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful experience uh, for both you and I, and 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 how much we want to thank them. There's not enough thanks that we can give, including to uh, the three of you who have been extremely supportive of us uh, during the, the time. Father Len, uh, I never thought would be uh, I would be with him. Uh, because he kept on telling me he was going to bury me. <laughs> and I told him that eventually that would be true. But I we used to joke about it. Never.
0: Oh, we lost him again.
2: <laughs> He's back.
0: Nope. Yep. See what happens when you start talking about being buried? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we're dropping or they're dropping. It's a great question, isn't it? Oh, well, it looks like we lost them. We'll give them a minute and edit this out, probably. If we don't, people at home, this is what happens with technology. That's why we need your donations. We can help us upgrade our technology at Cardone. So,
4: and we're, we're lost. <laughs> Again, I guess.
0: we lost you there for about a minute.
4: Are you there?
0: We are here. Can you hear us?
4: Oh, I can tell you, I'll you. continue to talk. <laughs> uh, but, uh, God, they, 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 they have been absolutely wonderful.
3: I've not touched anything, Tim, but I have. Oh, there you are. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> You're
0: back you did that on purpose I, I didn't do anything it just dropped off on us but
1: uh, we we dropped off for 30 minutes and when we came back you were still talking <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just we're just kidding just kidding. Okay, just kidding you're
3: just kidding one of the
0: things that uh, we did do is uh, on uh, the uh, the preview for this uh, this episode we used uh, your pictures that we used for the uh, the gala back a couple of years ago, John and his military, both two younger oh, looking uh, John and Claudius. Uh-huh. So, uh, so those pictures are are oh, very unique, younger. yeah. Very much so. Uh, uh, a transformation. So we we get to see a a snapshot of you guys in it, at an earlier age and in a different life, really, right? Military picture, and
3: then the, me, my college picture. Well, yeah. He has them,
4: and he just them up Oh, is that People what he was? People never watch it, you <laughs> <to> see that. <laughs> yeah, there was, who's in the odds that went up, I'll call you picture, was uh Or if uh, I
3: it asked me when he saw a picture of uh, the two of us, he wanted to know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> if I recall, my answer was 40-something years. Yeah. With yeah. John, it was more like 60 years.
4: Yeah, it was... Uh, uh, certainly, uh, you know. One time, uh, your your wife made without thinking about uh, the pond of possibly. You're the air. Uh,
3: Don't. Uh, He's just been edited.
4: <laughs> uh, so I'm just. I'm not thinking of myself. fortune uh, fortunate to change in myself, also. Uh, although uh, we we vigorously uh, and watch uh weight and uh, to well. uh, take shots of uh, what we take in the calories and what we have for liquid and what we have for uh, the whole thing. The whole uh, <laughs> you guys this week,
0: say that again. You're breaking up. I
3: said, What's going on with you guys this week?
0: Well, we're we're with you this week, we're uh we're We're still trying to figure out this whole mass thing
2: yeah we uh, we have a waiting for as the governor allow us to have uh, mass open up mass slowly, and there will be a strategy for us. Um, I will have a meeting with the bishop on Friday to find out what is the strategy, the protocol before we can execute on this side of ours because. Our church is very small, and our congregation right. is very large.
1: And you still have to maintain the six foot, right? Yeah. And, and during a global pandemic, that's not a good thing. Not a good thing. <laughs> we were in there today measuring and trying to figure things out.
3: If you're measuring, is it every other row is that far enough apart from uh, not, the person in front of you?
2: No.
0: It depends on if we allow kneeling.
2: If we allow kneeling, or we allow, you know, a row is not long enough. If you do a cross, you know, a horizontally maybe, uh, depend how big the family is, how small the people, small family, you know, all depend.
3: Right. Uh huh.
1: Because
2: you can like you're
1: talking about kneeling. We we were trying to figure. Everything you could possibly think of. Somebody kneels. If you go every other pew, you might be six foot until somebody kneels, and the other person, uh, two pews ahead of you, doesn't. They stay seated. Well, now you just broke the six foot. You know, it's it's right. problematic. A lot of problems that work out.
3: But if you win it, if you go every three rows, you would have it, and then you could have people at the opposite ends, every other pew.
0: Well, you got to keep six foot off of each aisle because when somebody goes to communion, they can't pass by somebody. So it's definitely complicated. It may look like a checkerboard. It it may look like (laughs) somebody has a disease and nobody wants to sit next to somebody. That's what it may look like.
2: And everybody have to wear a mask. I know that.
0: But we think we're going to be liturgically correct and, and wear a mask in the color of the season.
4: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, let's, let's hope that the Holy Spirit uh, uh, gives us the wisdom uh, to, uh, to do this properly and to make sure that the scene is there. Uh, I still agree with the governor in terms of uh, spacing is important and the uh, house comes before. Any
3: other consideration? Yeah. Have they, I mean, I've been thinking about how we're going to go to communion and what have you. I think that's going to be interesting too, isn't it?
0: Communion, yeah. I mean, uh, and as Father did said, you th- hear th- that, I did. Can you hear me? Claudia, can you all hear me? Check. Yes,
3: we can hear you. Check
0: one. So, yeah, so that's what Father was talking about. Friday, they have a meeting, uh, the presbyteral, presbyteral Council, uh, to talk about, uh, you know, what it means for us to go back as Catholics. And I think, you know, obviously during this pandemic, a lot of folks have have experienced their church in a similar way to the way they experienced it when they went there. And by that, that I predominantly mean the Protestants being Catholic, you know, not receiving communion. And in this case, not having the
3: sacraments,
0: not having the sacraments. And in this case, going back, that adds a level of complexity that most churches don't have to experience. So it's obviously challenging for us, um, you know, but there's nothing easy anymore. So we just have to, we have to figure it out and, and we'll do that. And Hopefully, uh, the Holy Spirit, as John said, will continue to work and we'll get through this pandemic. And by the end of the year, we'll be back to normal, whatever normal normal is. Well, that was it. That was a hard that was a hard stop. We (laughs) talked a little bit more, but we edited that out. Deacon John will be back at the very end of this episode. Uh, for s- some words at the very end, so uh, great people you know i mean what do you, what do you guys think Absolutely. Uh, obviously stewards in the community they've been uh i mean just a great for me they 've been a great sense of uh
1: service service, and deacon Timmy, and you got to know them a lot better over the five years that we've uh, literally sat right beside them. For five years of the classes that we went through, where they mentored, uh, Ramon, Ramon, Deacon Ramon,
0: and I'm sure when you came into the when
2: you came to the parish, Father, that he was a pillar at every meeting, right?
0: Oh yeah, he, he didn't miss a beat.
2: did not miss a beat. He's constantly Claudia helped a lot with the Hispanic community. I found used them very useful in the in the midst of transition.
0: It's funny because uh, every once in a while I run into a Spanish-speaking person out on the road and, and tell them I go to St. John's and they ask about Deacon John and Claudia. Mm-hmm. I mean, just an integral part of the community. So uh, I've, I own, personally, I think I owe them a lot, uh, like you said, just because on the formation side of things. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's Dedication is the wrong word, but their commitment to service it, to me is is –
2: unheralded, really. Good for me, it followed exactly what Pope Francis is saying, you know, the joy of the gospel. That's what they are. You know?
1: And Deacon John did the nuptials at your daughter's wedding, right?
0: He did. Uh, my daughter Katie has a special place in her heart for, oh, for oh, Deacon John. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it e- and even that was a not uneventful because, <laughs> as everybody knows, that knows Deacon John and Claudia specifically, Deacon John, that sometimes he likes to take a little tumble right <laughs> there was that one time at the Passion of the Christ where it said Jesus falls and he was reading the
2: gospel <laughs> and he and he fell
0: <laughs> and even at uh, Katie's uh, wedding he, he took a little stumble there uh, and I wouldn't have had it any other way I didn't get hurt it's all good but uh my love for him and Claudia is is, is strong and you know they're just they're good people they're good catholic people uh, and this community is is better for them being a part of it absolutely so all
1: so, right uh, so, so,
0: so who do we got next week well or did i jump the gun on you didn't jump the gun <laughs> um, next week where's that? i got some notes on that let's see here i know i put it in there didn't i yeah there yeah, we go uh, we announced it last week next week we have rocco pa- palmo 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 um He's the man behind the blog Whispers in the Loggia, which means church whisper, right? Uh, Google that. Just Google Whispers in the Loggia, L-O-G-G-I-A, and look at his blog. And you can go back five, six years. He's worked, uh, you know, Steven was t- Steve was talking about how many com- how many places you've worked for. Rocco's the same thing on the, you're on the video side and that side of it. He's on the, the correspondent side mm-hmm. of it. He's worked at a lot of the big names from... Uh, c n n to c n a uh, just a just a guy that in his current ministry i'm going to call it a ministry because he serves a purpose in in the church uh, he 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 tells the stories like he sees them and uh breaks a lot of news especially about bishop appointments and stuff uh, i actually looked at uh, his blog this week he uh he posted something up about uh archbishop Hart, Hartmeyer down Hartmeier. In, in Atlanta, new archbishop in Atlanta, who was installed in an empty cathedral. Uh, good video. If you got some time, don't you can watch the whole thing if you want. But uh, really, just an interesting thing uh, to watch because typically at a, at an installation like that, there would be I mean, it would be full, right? Mm-hmm. The church would be thousands. full, thousands of people, you know, and here here comes a group of 10 folks. The archbishop knocks on the front door, literally just knocks on the door of the cathedral and he walks in. It's an empty cathedral. I mean, it just really gives you a sense of the sign of the times, but I, I use the whispers and the logia to to capture that stuff. I don't have to go and Google other things. I can just go to him, follow him on Twitter. Uh, he just, he gets that information, what he deems to be relevant, obviously it's his, his perspective. Uh, but I'm excited to talk to him, you know,
2: um, I enjoy his writing. His writing phenomenal. Very clear, precise. Yes.
1: And if you list, see any of his videos when they interviewed, he's very a very laid back individual.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think I think it'll be a good show. I, I haven't I haven't done my research yet. What you know, what questions we're going to ask him yet? So I'll be, It's one of the things I've thought about this this thing that. I spend a little bit of time prepping for it, more more than I thought I would. And, and I think we'll continue to do that. You know, one of the things we talked about while you are watching the video is who, who some future guests can be because I asked you all to send names. We want those names. I don't see any – I can only see a select comments on here. I'm not sure how much of the Facebook comments I'm actually seeing live. But if you have somebody that you think has a good story, if you have a good story, it should have maybe a little bit of a Catholic slant to It doesn't necessarily have it. If you want to just come tell your story – if you can get through our screener, Father Lynn, then you can be on the show. <laughs> but I've got a book here, and I've got names and people, and I've got 17 people on my list, and um, four of them we've knocked off. So, um, I had one, and I was rejected. So, uh, <laughs> you, you went for the home run, right? Bishop Robert Barron. He was busy. He was busy. <laughs> so... I don't know. We, I don't know if we had any comments on any questions on the comments. You people are slacking. Who am I thinking of? Who's slackers Jason Berry. I know you got a question out there. You may have tried to text me a question. If you did, I didn't get it because my phone is my camera today, tonight. tonight. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'll have to get it later if you did that, but no, really, uh, excited about that. Excited about next week. Um, uh, don't know what the next week holds. I think we agree on what we want the week after that to hold, to hold. Who who we want to try we try just to approach, ain't contacted them yet, <laughs> so we're not going to announce their name. Uh, but hopefully next week too. What you see here today, this uh, this view here. We're in Cardone Building One. We're on the second floor, and what I guess this would be the Groomsman Room. Is that what the Groomsman Room. That's, that's where we are today. Uh, we'll be moving. Uh, we're moving to Building. I'm not going to tell you where we're moving for security reasons. <laughs> but we're moving to a different building maybe on this campus, and uh, it's going to give us a little bit more room. We're kind of squashed in here a little and bit. better internet. Better internet, better connection. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I think these guys are excited about it. Um, and then also, you know, as Father was talking about just on masses and stuff, we're going to be doing a lot of work between now and then not – it's so not this Sunday or the Sunday after, it's the Sunday after that, which will be the
2: 20, 24th. 24th. <clears throat> so. that's Is that Memorial Weekend? It is. It is Memorial. Yeah. Again.
0: So, you know, we'll need some help from some folks, right? Yes. To make this happen. So if you're interested in helping, contact. Contact the office or throw me an email. And, uh, you know, we'll get through this as the governor says. I don't care if you like him or you don't like him he's right about this part of it we'll get through it together because there's no other way to get through it. <laughs> so if you want to go off and be by yourself, you're not really getting through it. So uh, a lot of work to do between now and then, uh, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Any closing comments before we go back to Deacon John and Claudia? No, not at all. Dallas, None no. this way. Are you the saint of the day?
2: I do have a saint of the day. I, I forgot about that. That's yeah. important. Yeah.
0: You got it there. What, what's his name? You, you're better at pronunciations than I am.
2: St. Peter Torrentasi.
0: He is a Cister... Cis, <clears throat> cis, what, what, why can't the order names be easy? Cistercian Monk. Cistercian Monk. Okay. 1142. Died in 1175. I think... Uh, I don't see anything in here that makes me just think this is the guy I want him to be... Uh, my son named
2: after or something. <laughs> well, he replaced uh, a bishop who had been dis- disposed because of corruption, mm. and Peter tackled his new assignment with vigor. With a fist, probably. <laughs> he brought reform into his diocese, replaced lax clergy, and reached out to the poor. He visited all part of his mountainous diocese on a regular basis. After a decade as a bishop, Peter disappeared. For a year, disappeared mm-hmm. and lived quietly as a lay brother at the abbey in Switzerland. When he was found out, the reluctant bishop was persuaded to return to his post. He again focused many of his energies on the poor. Peter died in 7, 1175 on his way home from an unsuccessful papal assignment to reconcile the king of France and England. Thank. God that should get out of that business
0: <laughs> just a simple task go make f- the French and the English like each other <laughs> <laughs> poor guy how'd you like to be in that, in that papal meeting uh, you want me to do what <laughs> <laughs> so all right well, let's uh let's see here we're gonna go over here to uh, this may look familiar to everybody we're gonna stay with hot mics guys just so y'all know so and this is a message from uh, Deacon John and Claudia. Deacon John, can we have okay. your can we have your
4: blessing?
3: They you want your blessing.
4: All right. The Lord be with you and with, and with your with spirit. spirit. Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: There it was. Thank you, Deacon John and Claudia. And I know you guys are listening back home. Thank you for joining us earlier this week. But most importantly, thank you for your great example on how to live your vocations, both marriage and as part of the diaconate.
2: Thank you both. And
0: until next week, I'm Deacon Tim.
2: I'm Deacon Dallas. I'm Father Lin
0: Bye, everybody.
2: Goodbye.